I am here with Howard, who uh, is in the Mandarin Blueprint Method course and has agreed to do a short, you know, interview case study about how it's going. So, um, just before we get started, Howard, what uh, what level are you in the course? I just crossed the level twenty uh, module, and uh, I started my uh, efforts in earnest. I think I signed up on the twenty first of last month, so it's just been just over a month. Okay, great. Yeah, that's pretty good progress for a month. That's awesome. So. Um, We'll talk a little bit more about how you're experiencing the course in a second, but uh, could you t uh, tell people a little bit about yourself? Why did you uh, start to learn Chinese and what's your current you know, situation that made you want to uh, start studying? Yeah, so, you know, I've, I've had some basic uh, grabs of, of, of Mandarin uh, in terms of like a day-to-day -day living, right? So in terms of ordering food, uh, you know, living, uh, having been born in Malaysia, growing up in Malaysia, and you know, now living in Singapore, uh, you do run into the a vast majority of people who are able and fully fluent in, in Mandarin. Uh, but I've always uh, had a difficulty, particularly with characters in reading. So I was really interested in a method that would help me bridge that divide. I actually did spend a, a year in China, uh, in Beijing as well, uh, trying to, you know, kind of like um, put an end to the, to, to the issue. But um, a, a lot of the times, the, the, the frustrations that I had there were that, you know, I was able to pick up things like, you know, uh, additional uh, enhancements to the way I speak. But uh, really, in terms of reading and writing, it's really just the road method, right? It's just right. writing the same character tons and tons of times again. And, um, you know, if, if you'd be given a sheet of paper, read this and, you know, for each character that you don't know, just write it a dozen times or something like that. So yeah, uh, yeah. extremely time consuming and uh, not the best use of time. Right, right. So it's fair to say that for you, because you're living in Singapore, that learning Chinese would have some immediate effects in your life. Obviously, you can speak some, but like you'd be able to do a lot more. So like, have you thought about it? Like, what what do you plan? Like, suppose you're wildly successful at Mandarin Blueprint, you learn loads of characters, and you can read now all this stuff that previously you could only speak or, you know, and you learn a lot more vocabulary. What do you think you'll do with that you know, new skill? Yeah, so there's a couple of things. One is that, you know, it just makes it easier to communicate with uh, different generations of, of people here, right? So a lot of the individuals uh, from the older generation, they're only able to, to speak in Mandarin. And so, you know, having that ability really helps us to bridge those divides. Um, the second thing is that I'm, I'm still keen in terms of uh, actually completing the HSK. And if we think about, you know, job opportunities and job growth across the region, we really see the prominence of a lot of uh, uh, technology companies from China uh, emerging across the region. And so if you want the accessibility to those job opportunities, you really need to be fluent in, in, in Mandarin. So uh, the best way to illustrate that uh, for the moment is really, you know, the HSK. Yeah, that's the truth. It's one of those things where, you know, we're not, we're not huge fans of the uh, HSK sort of, I guess, the educational theory behind it to some degree, but we did take them and pass them and they're on our resumes. So I understand the, uh, the need for that because at the moment it is the only internationally recognized Chinese as a second language test. So it's funny, we, people ask us sometimes like, will the Mandarin blueprint method, like, is it, uh, you know, attuned to the HSK? And it's funny, the answer is like, yes and no. Because on the one hand, if you do it and you do the whole thing, you should be able to easily pass. Uh, currently the HSK four, easy maybe even the HSK-5, it's hard to say. And then eventually our goal is to make it so you can pass the HSK-6, but we don't want to build the course based on their ideas. We just recognize that if you learn holistically, if you learn Mandarin holistically, you will, you should be able to read and therefore, you know, answer questions and pass a test. But uh, 
the test itself is not exactly I, I feel like if you pass the HSK, even the HSK six, it's not necessarily the um, end all and be all of whether or not you can speak Chinese, but you're a little bit different than us because you already have a decent foundation of speaking. So like, I remember I kind of focused on reading and writing first and then my speaking came a little bit after that. So like, you're in the opposite position. I, I feel like for people like you, I'm almost like envious of where you're starting from because you're going to be able to now use our method to fill in all those gaps and it must be, uh, you know, it's going to be kind of interesting. So when you're working through the course, how does it feel when you're picking up on these characters and, and you know, I'm particularly interested because you have a bit of a, uh, a foundation speaking. So like, how does it feel for you to sort of learn these new characters and find out like, you know, okay, these are the characters that relate to uh, things you already knew. Is it satisfying? Yeah, yeah, it is uh, incredibly so. I, I do think that, you know, um, in terms of trying out different methods in the past, uh, what I've what I've tended to observe is that a lot of the courses tend to get you know shoeboxed in in terms of like trying to uh, get students to pass certain levels of the HSK. The trouble with that is that you know they they, they have a course for HSK level one, two, three, and then it stops right. It doesn't go beyond right. level three. And the reason for that is because you know ultimately the course is structured so that you can pass the, the test, but you don't impart like a foundation that allows you to you know. To, to actually evolve and continue to build on that foundation and, you know, get you to, to, to where you need to be. So, you know, um, I, I, I have some, uh, you know, background in terms of like trying to recognize characters, you know, just because you see it all the time. Uh, but, you know, I, the stumbling block for me right now is that uh, I, I tend to mix up the same sounding characters mm -hmm. <laughs> and substitute them for each other right so that's, sure. that's something that i need to to keep uh you know straight in my head yeah well that's actually so that's an interesting question so um when it comes to the mandarin blueprint method one of the advantages is that you turn things that are normally similar on paper into visually distinct things in the memory palace so like you know for for example you could have the same uh pronunciation but different tones which puts you in a totally different room in yeah. your memory palace. So it's like visually distinct, you know, a bedroom doesn't look like a kitchen. So uh, how has that been going so far when it comes to using the different mnemonic techniques? Is it helping you make those distinctions more easily? Yeah, absolutely. So it really helps uh, because the venues are, as, as you mentioned, you know, so distinct. Um, so right. in terms of the tones and mixing up tones, it, it, it never occurs. The only time it does occur is that if I remember the wrong room right if I, if I if i picture if i if my movie has the wrong venue then i gotta reshoot the scene yeah uh, but yeah other than that that's fine um i, I would say like you know the, the the one um issue that i've faced as well is that you know sometimes when i construct my scenes um i, I may get a little bit too creative or you know i may pick uh, up front yeah. i actually picked the venue with a very very small toilet so um, oh right yeah, i had trouble yeah fitting in lots of different props and guys into that you know that closet yeah. Toilet. Yeah, sure. <laughs> yeah, I've had that before. I had that in my my apartment that I lived in in Chengdu. Had a very small uh, bathroom. One thing you can do, and I, I obviously some people who maybe struggle a little bit more with visualization might have difficulty with this, but I was able to do it. Which is like I imagine the room, and I imagine as if the room were expanding and everything was staying in its relative position. So like the shower heads here, the the toilets here, and you know the tiles and the wall are all the same color and everything but i just imagine that it kind of expands a bit 
and it works for me. But uh, another thing that sometimes people will do is they'll like imagine that they blow out a wall and like it gives them some more space and they still see the original room there, but they give them some more space there. So you could use that in the future. But I know exactly what you're talking about. Like we're like, hey, fourth turns in the bathroom. And that's fine if it's a bathroom that's like, uh, you know, the bathroom in um, when I lived in the Kempinski Hotel was a nice big bathroom. So it was no problem. But then like in my first apartment in Chengdu, it's like, a, like you said, it's like a little closet. So it can sometimes feel constraining creative, creatively. But uh, yeah. And also, did you say before you were saying you try to get too creative sometimes? Yeah. Yeah. And uh, that, that's a common problem, I think. Uh, and yeah. It's come up in some of the videos as well. Right. Yeah. And so like, yeah, the creative, the over creativity thing can definitely happen. Uh, we've had this guy uh, recently, I think his name is Jack, leaving us some uh, comments and his scenes are so simple. It's almost like uh, I almost just like want to give him a round of applause for how simple they are because they're just like three things. And then you're like, wow, that probably will work. And so it's I, I enjoy the creativity sometimes. I enjoy just making things wild. And if I'm in the right mood, I, I don't mind that it's like kind of complicated but then on the other hand uh sometimes i just want to be like uh there's a there's a safe and a baseball bat and the actor hits the safe with the baseball bat and out pops the meaning of the character <laughs> like just something that's like straight up and and simple like that but yeah so now that you've kind of gone through 20 levels of the course and you've i guess at level 20 you've done hundreds of characters at this point um how long on average does it take you to you know go from not knowing a character to feeling like, okay, I can move on to the next character. Yeah, so probably probably a couple of minutes, I would say, uh, for me to get through the, you know, a particular character. Nice, nice. That's, uh, that's plenty fast. You know, it's like, I like doing math with it because it's like, okay, if you have an average of two minutes and then you think about how many more characters you have to go. I mean, obviously there's the other elements of the course. There's vocabulary learning and there's grammar and all that. But, um, you know, you could just think about, okay, how many minutes will it be? Um, plus Anki and you know it just starts to become this achievable goal as opposed mm -hmm. to you know this big massive course you know it still takes time but at least you can kind of see the finish line to some degree um, so now that you've gone through the course could you like what are the th biggest impacts that have uh, the course has had so far in terms of like um, whether it be the character learning or the pronunciation course or I'm sure your pronunciation is good. I heard you, I heard you say Beijing and I was like, God, he's got good pronunciation. Uh, but, uh, or maybe the, the grammar materials, like what, what has had the biggest impact so far? I think uh, just overall the ability to read, you know, in the past, uh, you know, when I look at a, at a sentence or even like a road sign, uh, I'll be able to pick up maybe two characters. Right? <laughs> and, you know, it's, it's just incredibly liberating when, and you can start to read, you know, uh, like lines and lines of text as opposed to just, you know, a single character here and there. Uh, I really uh, understand the meaning. And part of it is uh, kind of like feels like putting together a puzzle as well. You know, you, the, the meaning doesn't become immediately clear to you, but, you know, over time, as you get more familiar with the way how the sentences are constructed, then it makes more intuitive sense. Yeah, yeah, that's, uh, you know, it's, I've said over and over and I'll repeat it again. Chinese, the hard part is the, the component parts of the language it's not the grammar because it's just it really is like you said it's like puzzle it's like a game like a puzzle game really you know it's like oh what happens if i add this character in? it's like it does change the meaning but you don't have to change the form of the other characters like you do in other languages like oh i'm talking about the past now so like three words in the sentence now have to change because of that and it's like oh in china or chinese you just add 
uh, you just add a character or, or add two characters and slot them in, and suddenly you get it from there. So it's, it's quite fun when it comes to grammar. And I'm glad to hear saying it's liberating. That's that's fantastic to hear. So um, now our course is a little weird. Obviously, where you know most courses are like, uh, hey, why don't you uh, write this character over and over? And even though it's boring, you're like, well, I guess that's what you have to do. But our course says, yeah, don't worry about writing it over and over. Just think about, you know, your aunt showering a giraffe. And then it's like, it's a little bit weird. So were you skeptical at all with, about how the, the course was structured or some of our ideas? I have to say, I, was, I thought it was super skeptical, like honestly. Um, and I, I think uh, you and Luke may have done too good a job in marketing. Uh, it, it came across as kind of slick, you know, and then it's like, these, these two guys are... You know, these two guys are claiming that they passed the HSK6 studying part-time in two years. I'm like, oh, yeah, I'm on. You know? like I've, I've, I've explored various courses in the past and I'm like, there is no way uh, that, that that's possible. But, you know, I, I kind of took the plunge and I, 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 I tried it out for myself. I'm like, okay, okay, we did something to it. And, you know, as I got more familiar with the method, then, you know, I'm becoming more of a believer these days. Oh, that's great to hear. Yeah, I mean, I definitely, you know, marketing is one of those things that it almost like, for both of us, we're not marketers, right? But we did do this thing and we, so we've had to do a lot of like reading up about it. Like how should you market an online course and you know, do a lot of research and whatever. And I'm sure that sometimes we probably have maybe taken a little bit too much advice from some of those slick guys, like you, like you said. Uh, but it at the bottom of it though, is a genuine desire to like help people go through this process much more uh, smoothly because we experienced what it's like to go through the traditional education systems. And it's, um, you know, they're, it's frustrating sometimes. Like we just put out a, or we're about to put out a blog post about greetings in Chinese and how everybody teaches in schools. They teach ni hao ma, which just means how are you? But nobody ever actually says that in life. Like I've never heard, except when I was one time, this Chinese woman said to me, ni hao ma, and I could tell that she was like, you're a foreigner. So I'm going to say the <laughs> word that you know, you know? And so like, yeah. I, but I thought to myself, how messed up is the educational system if, you know, even a greeting, they're not like thinking about it for a second and saying, wait, does, do people actually say this? And so that was one of those things that really motivated us to go, well, we need to, we need to change this around completely because uh, people are going to get that. It's just so discouraging when you find out, oh, this thing I learned isn't even what people use, you know? So um, now obviously you've been through the course at this point a bit any suggestions for how we can improve it or make it a better uh, experience user experience well i think um you know both of you are constantly answering you know some of the same questions again and again i i, I do think that you know perhaps you know uh putting up a common list of like you know common problems that people face at particular oh, yeah. times in the course i yeah that that may be a bit of a self-help guide you know kind of like when you <laughs> when, when 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 those uh like like if you go onto a banking website and you know, they don't really want you to call customer service so they put this landing page full of faqs and you know go help yourself <laughs> you know like here's some yeah. of the common problems and that may just help optimize uh the way how you spend your time it's, yeah. it's more of a suggestion than anything else because i i do think that the core content of the courses right right great great yeah i think that's a good idea and luckily we the way we um do our podcast where we answer people's questions on the podcast and all of that uh we do such archive all the questions and categorize them so that is something we could probably do we should just do a little bit of a meta analysis of all the questions that have come in and then just see if we can pick out several that come up 
uh, more than once. You know, most of the questions each week are, are unique, which is great. Um, but uh, sometimes we'll get we'll be like, oh yeah, we keep getting this question, so let's just uh, see if we can nip this in the bud somewhere. Um, but yeah, that's a good suggestion. Thanks. And um, my final question for you then, Howard, is just: uh, Would you recommend Mandarin Blueprints to to others? Oh yeah, absolutely. I think uh, without without reservation. You know, like I, I do think that you know. Uh, as I mentioned up front, I was kind of skeptical uh, about the whole technique and you know the, how effective it would be. Uh, but you know, I look forward to using the, the method, you know, to go and uh, you know gain fluency and read the passages. Awesome. Well, thanks, thanks so much for that, Howard. And we really appreciate you uh, taking the time today to uh, share your experience. And it was very, you know, I love learning about the different uh, people on the course because everybody's kind of got slightly different goals and. Uh, you know, I've been to uh, Malaysia before. I haven't been to Singapore yet, uh, but I could definitely see how it'd be super useful to be fluent and literate in Mandarin uh, living there. So best of luck to you. And, you know, maybe we'll uh, check in with you in a couple of months or, you know, six months down the line, see how you're doing. Sure, sure. Sounds great. Well, thanks for having me on.